welcome to the Not Quite the Afterglow podcast, your chance to see inside the mind of a British 40-something man and his 30-something wife. Not your average couple, but then this is not your average podcast. Hey everyone, you're listening to episode 18 of Not Quite the Afterglow. My name's Richard. And I'm Chloe. This week has been horrendous. We've been really busy. You've been quite poorly. But you had an anniversary this week. I was going to say, I come to the podcast this week a whole year older than the one from last week. You're now 36 years of age. Well, I'm I'm still mid-30s, really. Well, you are. Yeah, I'm still mid-40s. You're still mid-30s. But here's the thing. 36, you've turned the curve from 30s towards your 40s in a big bad way. Well, yes, but I'm I'm still saying I'm middling until at least 37 and a half. So <laughs> I'm not thinking it doesn't forward work too like much. That. You're heading towards your 40s. I'm well, not. I'm heading towards my 50s. Actually, I'm not because I'm still mid 40s. I'm 45 in 3 weeks time. So that's mid 40s. When I'm 45 in a day, then I'm heading towards we're, we're the big in this 5-0. nice we're in this nice period now where our age gap is at its smallest. True. It's at its smallest for about two and a half weeks, and uh, and then it goes back to being big again. It's not big. Nine years is nine years isn't big age gap, is it? I mean, I'm going to pop off this mortal coil long before you um, leave you a merry widow. But hey ho, that's life. You knew that when you met me. It's like having a dog put down, I suppose. Oh, don't say it like that. Well, it's true, you know. But then again, I keep thinking, would I want to be? An old malingerer in a nursing home being tended to, being a difficult patient. I'd be awful. Can you imagine how bad I'd be? One of the children was saying something the other day about being 130, and I said, I don't think you will be 130. But that's just it. In in 100 years' time, they reckon they'll add 20 or 30 years to the average, I would say, middle middle class person, because working class people generally won't they won't make it. I mean, they have a well, lower mortality rate. I was. This is what I was saying about the 130 thing, and I said, you know, I, your body will probably not be able, able to, to function. You know, it gets to a but, certain but point I, where think, your body, where your body just gets just decrepit. worn out. Well, no, it's I'm like, there, it's I'm like there it's now. Out. I'm there now. I'm sure I'm there now. I'm pretty worn out. I've got a swollen knee and dicky this and dicky that. I am dicky. Well, there you go. That's my name. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Would I want to live to 130 and have no quality of life? No. You just there's, think... something, there's something to be said for going in your 60s or 70s and your friends all rem- remembering how cool you were and having a big party and everyone saying nice things about you for 20 years rather than saying, oh, God, that malingering old git in his wheelchair. Can you remember my last memories of him being an old man smelling of wee? Yeah. But I just think, well, anyway, they said this 130 and I don't know, I think the oldest person was like 120, but it's always someone who was born in a village somewhere in the middle of nowhere where there's no true record, so you can never be sure. There's no true record and they've never smoked, they've never drunk and the secret to life is breathing fresh air and eating carrots. Yeah, but even if you get to like 110, which isn't completely impossible or whatever nope but you think so 110 so realistically you've probably had at least 20 years where you probably haven't really done anything other than slightly shuffle about a bit my Um, uncle pete his mum's still going she's 104 but i just think to myself what what is your 
what do you do? But, like, but hang on, she's 104 and she looks 85. You've seen photos, so she looks sprightly for 104 years old. Well, true. I guess, I don't know, My I, mind you, I would think of older people as always being sort of like that and more sedentary and stuff. And then I, you know, when I think back to, say, my great, my great-grandparents... And, and how you saw, saw people who were older. I mean, you always have this thing about um, people being of retirement age and things like that. And obviously, you know, people are working till a lot older now. Okay. So it's not the, it's not the same, but, you know, um, and people travel and things. I, I, mean, I mean, this isn't this isn't totally relevant, but it is sort of relevant. Your grandfather is in his, in his nine, 90 now? He is 90 this year. 90 this year. My grandfather, if he was alive today, would be... Born in 1867, so 133 plus 17. So he'd be 150 this year. Yeah, but he wouldn't because he no, wouldn't no, live no, to no. I'm just saying, my grandfather is would was born 60 years before your grandfather. One of your grandfathers. Was. One of my grandfathers was born 60 years before your grandfather. 60 years, which is huge. That's like he was a Victorian gentleman, you know. Yes, but that's because he it was in his 70s when my father was born. Exactly. Yeah. So which he, is, which he, is was like, he was like a Rod Stewart of his time. He was, except he was a dapper gentleman with a Victorian waistcoat and pocket watch in the 1940s. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, would we want to live to 130? I don't know. Well, anyway, I've already told the boys that it's not likely they would live that long. I've already planned and emailed everyone what I want you to do with my mortal remains. You know, we're trying to buck the trend with... So, for the record, for the record, uh, you know, funerals are hugely expensive, and I, I don't understand. I know all people. This is all turning over the world. into a very depressing. It's, post. it's not. It's not. It's actually really cool. There's, I mean, the, 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 there's different ways people can depart this coil, but um, you know, one of the things that I think, things like funeral services and funeral undertakers, all these other people, it's a license to print money. You never ever see a poor undertaker. And one of the reasons why is the fact that they charge you the earth for this and for that and da 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 da. And recently I found a way that I can depart this mortal call for I about think, a third of what it costs everyone else. I think it's, it's because it's all done. You're in such a vulnerable position at vulnerable. that time yeah. when when decisions have to be made. So you and make things. them quickly. And so you make them quickly and you don't want to be researching it and you kind of feel to an extent Five you don't grand. you don't have a great deal of choice over what you know over what you can do because i mean obviously you're not really allowed to just dig a hole at the bottom of the garden kind of thing no so you know you're kind of restricted on what you can do anyway but it it, it does feel well, like a very a sort of closed process i mean it's the last thing you want to do is want to be you know putting a lot of research into well, stuff. I I did do some research because obviously I, I meant get at time. the time. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, when my father died, it was just like you know, it was awful. But I think if you plan ahead, and in Sweden, I was reading an article the other day where people in their twenties and thirties in Sweden, this is a normal thing. They just leave a document. This is what I want to happen. This is what I want people to wear. This is the music I want, and it's not seen as morbid. It's just seen as forward planning forward, forward planning continuation and um one of the things that i realized america does very differently is that america don't do church funeral services as a rule they do it's the funeral parlor you know it's the funeral home you go to the funeral home and you know you, the, some people come and say nice things about you it's not a religious thing um but one of the things that this country does we turn it into 
a religious thing. We turn it into a 150 people turn up to a crematoria and are there for 35 minutes, then depart the crematoria to look at floral arrangements on patio tiles. And I, I don't see the point. I find it depressing as hell. And I don't think it's well. Here's the cool it's thing. Kind here's, of meant here's the to be cool a bit thing. Depressing. Here's the cool thing. No, I don't want it to be depressing. I think once you die, you're a waste product. You are once you've departed your body, you are a waste product. It is literally going to decay and burp and fart its way into a pine box. And I think that you know we pay undertakers enough money. It would be really cool if there was an alternative. And as a as a company near us who've come up with an alternative, and I think it's fantastic. I really do, because it's about life choices. It's not about death choices, it's about life choices. I don't want my family to have to pay five grand to put me in a box with handles that will be reused to be taken to be cremated when actually you could do it far better for a third of the money and have a really good party with the rest of the money or do something else, go on holiday, do something cool with the money. Why waste it or make an undertaker or, or a crematoria expensive? Do you know... Five grand to get cremated in Britain. Five grand. Whereas this place now does it for £1,300, £1,400. I wonder how much. the same thing without the service. They just cremate you and return. It's like, sorry, so you die. I, so I die. You make a phone call. They pick me up. They cremate me. They bring me home in a box. And then you have a big party with the box and a picture of me. That's like what happened with the dog. Well, yeah. we didn't have a party. Fine. You're a waste product. Once you're gone, you're gone. Just, I mean, I don't, I'm not a fan of cremation. If they could do, you know, the other process where they add alkali and, you know, process you down to a skeleton and then crush you, that's fine. Carbon neutral, I'd, I'd I do. Put, and that, that'd be really you, cool. I'd put you through a mincer and feed you to some chickens. Oh, I'd be absolutely cool with that. I, I think I'd like to be chopped up and left in about six six shopping bags around the town centre just to be a real nuisance. But seriously, I think one of the things that we don't do in Western civilised society is talk about stuff like this while you've got the chance. Because if everyone knows what you want and you can plan it, it reduces all the hassle and the upset, etc., etc. And you know, it shouldn't be upsetting. You're celebrating someone's life. Yes, it's sad, but at the end of the day, it's about <laughs> storing their remains. It's about getting, you know, you burying them or cremating them or whatever. It's it's a waste product. We are, you know, and we're running out of land. That's that's a good. We're point. running out of land to put to put graves. We we are we are an island with a finite amount of land. And you know, when my father died, his grave. When his grave was dug, there was a grave from about 1520 or 1480 or something below his, which they had to excavate to drop my dad's in. And there was nothing more depressing than going back to my father's grave about a week after he died to see the grave had started to settle. And that means that the grave falls in. So you get to the grave to put some flowers there. And all of a sudden, there's been a cave in at the grave. And that, when you're mourning someone, is horrific. You know, I just remember, I, I, I just remember being horrified that, and, you know, obviously it's geological, of course it's going to settle, but you don't think about things like this. And I'm not sure when, I'm not sure that we should be having this Victorian methodology of, you know, everyone in black, you know, everyone turning up to a church or a crematoria, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, it's the accepted way. Since when? Has this generation, the generation listening to this podcast, done anything the accepted way? All of the people listening to this podcast 
behave differently to most people. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening to this podcast. They are, I'm not saying they're subversives or perverts or whatever. I'm just saying the people listening to this podcast, generally, I would think, stand up for a different way of life, a different abstract. No? Maybe. I don't know. This is I supposed to be had... a podcast. You're supposed to be talking. I'm not supposed to be doing all the talking. I I always had this thing that I wanted to be frozen. I don't. This is you know way 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 back before I met you, before having children, before anything. So like when I was probably quite young. Was well, so you brought back? Well, initially, I always wanted to be like. I didn't realize that people didn't do this for, for on purpose, but I kind of always wanted to be like buried in a peat bog. Just so that in millions of years' time, someone could dig you up. Someone could dig me up because I, I'm imagining that was probably you're, around the time you're that you're leaving a digital that, legacy instead. That guy was uh, discovered. I probably saw it on he something. He had a rope on, around his neck. He was well, murdered. That's just details. But uh, um, I, I must have been around the time that there was a man. I think he was just called like the Pete Bog Man was discovered and must have been on TV. And I just remember thinking that was and so National cool. Geographic, you yeah. know, I want someone to find me with this sort of slightly leathery remains of my skin or whatever. Um, and then I thought I wanted to be frozen. And then I thought, well, oh, maybe leave my body to science. I quite like the idea of, you know, just having bits of me used for useful I'm things. I'm not sure. A friend of mine, his mum died a few weeks ago in her 80s in New York and when everyone said, oh, when's the funeral? And he said, oh no, she's already gone. They, She went to, to a university hospital in New York. She's left her body to science. And I just, and he said that was her wishes. And he, and he just said, farewell mom, wherever you are. Mm. And I found that really difficult. I found that really difficult because everyone needs to have a place where Ashes were scattered, or ashes were interred, or bodies interred. I, I, I fundamentally believe, as the child of a deceased parent, that you have to have that focal reference point. I think you do, but then maybe it sort of depends on the ages of your children. Because I, I always said like I, I'd want to be buried, just so, so you I. have that thing about going back to. But then, as our children get older, not I'll be, be like, I'll be like, oh. Don't don't worry about it. Maybe just cremate me and plant a tree. I think it's better if you have a tree because someone somewhere, could cut it down one day. Yes, yeah, someone could cut it down one day. But potentially, it could just carry on growing, and you haven't got to do anything. You can go back to it, but you haven't got to do anything. I, I always wanted to be buried. I always wanted to be buried, and then I, I lost um, my best friend when he was twenty three. Um, and I watched him die, and it was horrible. And um, when he was buried, it was shortly before my dad collapsed and died, I found the whole grave thing very comforting. But now, as I've got older, I realised that, as I said, land is a precious commodity, but also it's not about... There's no difference between ashes being interred and a stone and a gravestone, just maybe the position of the stone or the size of the stone. There's I think no it's the maintenance side, isn't it, the, the, that you that think is. of now? Because now when I go to my father's grave, which is in a very exposed area of the, the east of the UK, the southeast of the UK, it's a 11th century church in a, in a churchyard, one of the highest churchyards in the whole of Britain. Um, and because of that, you know, you get obviously high winds and you get driving rain during the winter and the spring and the autumn. And that means you get that film of verdigris on, you know, you're always having to go up and tend to the, tend to the stone and stuff. And while 
that's fantastic. I didn't realise until recently that my grandmother's actually, her ashes are interred behind him and there is no stone and I can just remember her there. So it, it, it's about, there is an act of remembrance. I, I fundamentally believe people, you, you've never really lost anyone close to you, God forbid. You really haven't. You've never had to deal with death. I think, uh, as you said, it like going back to the maintenance thing and stuff. I mean, <laughs> our eldest is is a lovely is a lovely boy, but he does he does have a real love of like death, skeletons death, and death. Um, graveyards. Yes, he does. Like, he he likes walking through graveyards and took, seeing I the stones. Him, I took him to the graveyard where my father's buried, and there was a grave that had literally been damaged by a tree, a tree root had grown through it, and it was from about. 1785 or 1719 the first thing he wanted to say was can we see any bones can we and i remember being his age and seeing vaults that were open you know and of course you're not going to see any bones well he has he has a, a love of graveyards and stuff and we have one quite near here where we walk the dog through sometimes and he likes to stop and he likes to sort of look at the writing and how yeah, long yeah. ago it was and things like that and you know you see all these gravestones that have been there for a long time and you know, these people might not have any descendants now to tend to those graves. Yeah. You know, so they'll get whatever sort of tidy up from the church to make sure that, you know, they aren't dang the the stones sure. aren't gonna fall over or or you know, that the they're mown over if they're if they are the sort where you can do that. I mean yeah, some yeah, obviously yeah. have like stone and things on top of them. And it just makes you think and you know, on one hand it's kind of sad that there's there's no one that goes to these places, but on the other hand, you know, it's it's kind of nice that we can go and we can read their stuff and, and you sure. think, oh, you know, how sad that there's this family where, say, you know, the children died and then obviously later the parents or or maybe one of the one of a couple has died quite young and then you have this huge gap and then their their partner's buried with them and then and, you think and, oh and, that's and quite we, comforting we've, we've always talked about that haven't we because it's an age gap i've always said till death us do part but actually the whole thing is that we're a story when you get married it's a story yeah and i think you know it's there's something quite nice i, I mean not that we as i say we walk through graveyards a lot but there's something quite nice when you read these people's stories on their on their on their headstones um, particularly when they are from, say, a, a very long time ago, because for that moment they're sort of not remembered as such, but kind of acknowledged, um, and that's quite nice. And it uh, partly it's actually made me think. Um, before Christmas, we were very lucky that we went to the cinema to see the film Coco. You, you did, um, I didn't. Which came out in the states. It, it's only just well officially comes out this week in the uk actually um but it was a lovely film and, and a lot it's all about really remembrance of your ancestors and and then it talks about you know the the sort of sad element of the film is what happens when people those you. those people are forgotten you know there there are no um there are no offerings their pictures aren't put up and they're not talked about and you know they kind they disappear. of disappear um and I don't know, because the thing is, on the there are so many people in this world now. There are so many people here. And, you know, in somewhere like the UK, where we're in some aspects limited on our space and stuff, you've got this kind of practical point of view versus, you know, the kind of more social and historical sort of need for there to be stuff, you know? Sure. So, um 
so yeah I don't know like I feel like I want to be buried I want to be part of that story I want someone to just because you can still have, you can still stuff. have a stone there can still be a, just because just be, I don't mean stone on the ground you can still pay to say I want to have a grave but there will only be ashes interred yeah that's true I don't know but as I say it's really difficult now because I, there are just so many people and you know my sort of thoughts of graveyards and stuff are all surrounding very small like village churches and things like that whereas actually you know if you go down to you can pay for a plot you just don't need to be dug down deep into it yeah i don't know and then you just go to places and <coughs> there's just rows and rows and it's huge and it, i don't know I don't, it's a really tricky one i think i just maybe like want a bench somewhere i'd yeah you know i'm we, quite we, happy we to have central, my story on a bench we were in central park a few weeks ago and new york does fantastic things with benches don't they the, the, the thousands and thousands of benches across new york central park and they're all maintained really well yeah so they have them uh we were down by the bit where you at the i don't know if they would count as the bottom of central park I, I suppose that is the bottom of central park um where they had like an area where they had like a baseball the, yeah the, so, so the so area the, down near in on the was it what which park is it uh, the inn, in on the park, is it? Tavern on the Green. Tavern on the Green. It was nearby there. We so were. near the Tavern on the Green, they have, and I remember sitting about fifteen, twenty years ago, sitting on a Sunday morning, watching. It was a, it was a, it was quite a warm April Easter Sunday, watching working guys on their day off playing softball in these purpose-built pitching arenas these these uh, someone's going to message us and tell us what they're called but they, they have they have these little bleachers where people can, can sit on but surrounding that are normal park benches and it'll say for bernie he I used to love of, it here. yeah i think or, some of them are in are in uh, like a memory for, thing for john boy he and used some, to pitch here yeah or, or they're for a you know they're obviously like for a present or an anniversary or something but i think that's probably what i would like actually something like that Way so you know your story is still out there. You know you're sort of still remembered in in some way, but I don't know. Maybe it's kind of in a slightly nicer way. Well, though again, there is a practical element that you literally can't cover every space with benches. No, you can't. Um, there was a bench memory of my father. There was and and a memory and a gardening memorial to him, and they built a school on it. They wow. built a bloody school on it. I, I, I think he would I, approve of that. Though, he would surely. approve of that, but I still don't know where this bench is that we paid for. It, 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 no idea where it is. It's disappeared. Who knows? That's either. Well, maybe. So there you go. They're not, they're not permanent memorials. Some beggar comes along and builds a, builds something on top of it. Well, then what you have to do is maybe maybe sort of set aside some funding for one you know one weekend a week someone has to go and sit on that bench <laughs> you know just to sort of keep the an problem eye on is it in the uk you. we have vandalism and that doesn't tend to happen in new york people tend to or maybe it does in some areas it just depends on where you are you well, can't you be don't have that in central a Park. sweeping statement of like be vandalized you know because there are different types of you know people have wooden benches and concrete benches and all different things so you sure. can't say it would get uh well some people uh, i threw it. i was oh, gonna say oh you're God, talking about memorial <gasps> benches and you did oh something oh my God, i forgot about that you did something i did very bad to a bench was it a memorial bench or was it just a standard <laughs> bench I, I, think, I hope i think it might have had a brass plaque on it 
I hope for your sake it was not a no, memorial it event. No, I think it was. I think it did have a plaque on it. Uh, you have to tell the story now. So. In about 1990, when I was um, 18 years old, um, I lived in a very small, tiny little village, and my father was the vicar of six churches around the area. So each, in the medieval times, these villages were full of working class people tending tending the, the fields and tending the crops and the animals, uh, commoners. And although they only had probably one pub per village to service 200, 300 people, each village had at least two churches because they would have an Anglican church and later on in the 1830s, 1850s, a Methodist church as well when Methodism was, uh, when the Methodist church was popular in the UK when it was first founded. Um, so over the years as people died off, um, there were not enough people in these villages to maintain uh, congregations. So my father would do different services different weeks of the month at different churches and one of the villages uh, near us had a pond still has a pond and uh, one night after getting roaring drunk um, myself and some friends decided that we would throw the bench into the pond yes exactly that so, could have been a talking about vandalism, I was a vandal when I was eighteen. Did it ever get taken out the pond? Oh, immediately. We we got it out of the pond. We 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 lift. We felt really guilty. We got it out straight away. Uh-huh. I remember getting very well. I waded up to about my nipples in water to get it out. Uh, I stank because obviously the bottom of a pond is green and dark and full of. I stank. I walked all the way home and I absolutely stank. And I had um, canvas trainers on. They were ruined. Ugh. Yeah, it's pretty grim. But I realised, you know, when it le- when it left your hands, the minute it left your fingertips, you're like, oh, what have I done? I mean, I wasn't alone. It, it was bloody heavy. It took like four of us to do it. Wow, there's a lesson. And I was talking. There. I was talking to one of the guys who did it today. Well, as I say, there is a lesson learned there. Yeah. Not to not, not to vandalize. There's to you throw. there's you sort of saying, Oh, people vandalise benches and then you realise that actually that you were in a past life. Vandalised yeah, a bench. I did vandalise a bench. But I did put it back and it was clean. We gave it a wash, basically. Is that what you did? Yeah. Is that how you is that it, how it you wasn't gonna... a wooden bench, it was a stone bench. Oh gosh. That's why it took four of us. It was like no two, three hundred weight of bench and we and we must have almost had hernias lifting it. Well, they're, I they're... think it was actually bolted down. I think someone actually had to get a toolkit out of their car to unbolt this thing, and then throw it into the lake. You can't. Uh, you can't. This doesn't translate over a podcast. We, but had to I, find, we had to find this bench underwater. I am literally shaking my head at, at how appalling. You know, if you're if you're listening to this, our our darling children, as you've grown up somewhat, it, it was please an engineer, don't do it what was Daddy an, did. It was an engineering feat to have to take these bolts out in the dark and then. Go swim. We could have died in that pond. We could have died trying to lift this bloody well, thing. Well, I think out that would water. have been some sort of karma, wouldn't it? And then they could have made a memorial bench. Six months later, that would ar- have been the irony. Six months later, the army spent nearly a year in that wood looking for the body of one of my dad's friends. They never did find it. So hey ho, not a very nice story to end up on. I was going to say that we didn't need to hear that, but uh, so we've gone from me sort of. So this basically, this podcast this week has talked a little bit about the fact that it was my birthday and, and then, then just death. everything on a downward death. spiral well, you're, to death. You're, we're all heading towards the grave. We're all heading towards, you know, none of us are immortal. Well, I have to say, you know, despite your 
things of pushing me closer to 40 that I am quite I'm quite happy with being the age that I am I I had a very uh, conscious decision last year when I when I turned 35 that I was just like do you know what yeah I'm 35 I don't care like I'm really happy with this I'm I'm at a stage in my life now where I'm generally you know quite sort of happy with my with my lot and stuff I feel I feel you know I've got a husband and I've got two children and I've got a dog and you know we have a house I have a car and you know we have lots of material things and stuff like that I feel we've got a drunk a drunk each yes uh (laughs) I could do I could do without that no brilliant you could do solos I could fill in I'm I feel I feel sort of quite I just feel quite comfortable in me you know like my body has been through obviously two pregnancies which are huge and two surgeries at the end of those. Um, and I feel I feel quite comfortable in my body now. I feel quite confident in, in myself. And, you know, I just... I, f- I feel like I'm as I get older, you just sort of get that wisdom of age and also that you just get more comfortable in yourself. And I'm, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm this year older, but I'm, I'm, I'm owning it. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. And then I think... <laughs> You know, in my head, I I still think I'm like 25 or something, and then I'm around, can I'm around I, some I, younger I, people, I and I remind something? myself can I tell you I'm something? not. You're 36. Yes. 36. I know. Which is. There's a sad fact you haven't thought of. What? How old were you when you finished your A levels? 18. So, the children, the young adults leaving that same school in Wiltshire. This summer will be how old? Eighteen. So they weren't conceived when you did your A levels. I know, but that doesn't bother me. This doesn't is a it? big deal for you. It like is you're, a big deal. Like this, this is what I I don't get. Like you're really always focused on how how young you know. You're like one of those people who's like, oh, I went to the doctor and I, and I joked, you know, how long have you been a doctor for? It must be all of five minutes. Oh, they're getting younger these days. I think that's just uh, a they, weird way of looking on, at things. The last time I saw a doctor. She was born in 1997, and that ter- 1994, and that terrified me. The last time I saw a doctor, he had such an incredible tight pair of trousers on as I followed him down a corridor. I genuinely wondered if they were going to split when he sat down. But um, sorry, okay, yeah. you never told me that. Yeah, but um, your but yeah, I don't. Far better than mine. I don't. I don't think about my age, and then sort of think, you know, sort of more disparaging of of other people being younger or whatever. I'm just. You know they are what they are, but I I feel really comfortable and I feel really happy with my age and 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 where I'm at and um, you know I'm I don't feel like scared or anything of of getting older and I think I think it's partly because of our children and you know as I get older obviously they get older and the older that they get the, the sort of the more I see of them as being you know, true individuals in their own right. And the, you know, I'll, I'll get to a point where I'll just live everything through my through my children. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting older. I've got five years left at work before I retire, which is pretty cool. And you count the years down now till I retire. Most people will be working till they're 65, 70, but I'm retiring in five years. And that's going to so be... So you say? Well, there's no reason to work after that. Unless it's just for you to get me out of the house. That could be it. That could be the reason. We're never going to be doing nothing, though. No, but I'm not going to... I'm, I have no do you know what would, do you know what would happen after, after if, you, 50. 
If you properly stopped working, do you know what would happen? What? You would fill our house with even more stuff. No, you'd have to get a bigger house. Than we'd have now. No, I've got this pipe dream of having a house with a, a sort of granny annex where I can set up three rugs with three drum kits and just go down the bottom of the garden and, and play drums all the time. Do you know what my dream is? What, for me to not to have separate bathrooms? My dream is to have his and her bathrooms. At the very least... Michael Caine said you should never share bathrooms with your wife. At the very least, to have his and her sinks. But the full his and hers bathrooms is my dream. I, I literally... I would be quite happy in just a standard, you know, four-bed detached house... Where so we class. where we no we got a four bedroom detached no house. like four bedroom detached house where I like sacrifice half of the master bedroom just so we could have like two ensuite rooms each really? and it's not it's not a toilet a thing room. it's not a toilet thing I'm not bothered about that it's the sink it's the shower and it's the stuff. Uh, that is in a bathroom. We must be complete opposite to to most couples. I because have more stuff than you do. I hardly have anything in the bathroom. I have loads. Of I ha- I need some deodorant. I need some perfume. Oh God, no! I need a toothbrush and toothpaste, and then any product. And then I will have maybe like hairspray and some makeup bits and whatever. Oh no 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 but no! But no, 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 to no. me, I don't actually. Um, Need to, I, do, I don't keep my hairspray and stuff in there because I don't do my style my hair in the bathroom. So it really is just a little bit of makeup stuff. You know, and that's all I need in the bathroom. And Richard, bless you, has loads of stuff. And I'm not talking like, you know, wrinkle creams and stuff like that. I just mean five different deodorants on the go at any one time. No, they're not all on the go. Different, there'll be different and, deodorants for different types of activity. And then various... If I'm wearing a suit, I'll wear that. If I'm wearing a shirt, I'll wear but, whatever. If but I'm wearing also, a t-shirt, I'll wear that roll-on or... You know, a couple of different types of razor, like electric razors and like proper blade ones and disposable ones. And then you've got all different I, I, shaving... No no no, 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 Look, I'm very old-fashioned. You've got all the shaving I'm very old-fashioned. Soaps and the creams and the balms afterwards. And then, this is my biggest bugbear of everything, you insist on using real soap. I do. I don't like shower gel. And... I hate shower gel. I, I'm old-fashioned. There just... It just... One shower just coats the whole shower in this film of stuff that's a nightmare and then you get these disintegrated bits that yeah, yeah, yeah. you know combined with my hair Soap on a rope. and your body hair just clog clog the plug hole all the uh, which time I, which i am always de- and i do as well well i'm the one who goes by the chemicals to do it and does it properly but i feel i just i find part of me just wants to have these separate bathrooms to prove a point that mine would be immaculate ish most of the time, and yours wouldn't. Look, here's the thing, and I keep trying to stress it to you, that I was I was brought up by the son of a Victorian gentleman. So I've always had this thing about soap instead of shower gel, having a shaving brush and having shaving soap, 
and using a proper blade razor, not a disposable or some Gillette thing, but a proper, you know, old-fashioned safety razor, because you get a better quality of shave. But yeah, I, all right, okay, it takes me longer in the bathroom than you take. I probably take twice as long in the bathroom. And if, by I the way, if you I can hear a drumming noise, it's because it is absolutely peeing down with rain, and we sit in the studios in the top of our house, and uh, these microphones are very sensitive, so you may hear rain banging on a Velux window. Apologies if you hear this cacophony of raindrops. But I don't, that's think, what it is. I don't think it they, they that may, They may pick it up. You don't know. So, you know, it is difficult for you to understand why it takes me 25 minutes in the morning. But I'm enjoying listening to... And the other thing is, you would never have a radio in your bathroom, would you? Do you know what? Do you know I will be in and out the shower in less than 10 minutes? Probably 10 minutes if I have to shave whilst I'm in there. But I can be in it. Bleach you, Tash. Haha. But I can be in and out of the shower in like five minutes, and that will include wash and condition my hair and wash myself, and then literally two minutes to dry. And it just takes because you're bigger. There's more of me. I'm six foot three. I'm much bigger than you. I know. It takes you ages to shower, and then because you're so hairy, it takes you ages to dry. Because I'm so hairy. People are getting mental pictures. I'm some yeti. Well, you have body hair, and I don't, okay. and because, because and it traps. No, but it traps a lot of water. It like does. when you ha- when you get out the shower and you dry yourself with the towel and hang it up, it is really wet. Whereas when I do it, unless I've wrapped it around my hair, it's not. It's it's a little bit, you know, a little bit damp. There's quite a difference. You I might- just have it. I just have this real bathroom thing. I don't know where. I don't know why. I just do. Yeah. I might sacrifice our eldest bedroom. We'll just like knock a bit off of his bedroom. We could put a really to, nice to do that dream. We, we could put where the studios now. We could put a really nice double double. We have a perfectly sufficient caravan. I'm more than happy for we you have to just live caravans. in there. To be fun, to be honest. I have my it caravan. Has a shower. And a caravan. It has a shower. It does. You it can live in shower. it. I did live in it for three months last year. Well, there you go. You Maybe want me to go back and live in my caravan for three months? All I'm saying well, I, is... I, I had a whale of a time. I enjoyed it. We didn't have a drum kit issue. Well, you can put a drum a kit in the caravan. But I did have three <laughs> laptops and a TV and a DVD and everything else in there. Yeah, maybe I should go and live in my caravan. Maybe maybe we should put the caravan on the drive and that I could be live the sequ- in there. I mean, we have... We just p- have nookie stops. We have, we have a, a pretty happy marriage. Maybe that's the key to an even happier marriage. Let me just explain. I didn't live in a caravan because I'm a, some gypsy. I, I didn't want to commute to my job that I was doing last year, so I put a caravan near my job, and I would commute up to the caravan, and then I would just stay there during the week, and it was fantastic. I had a wonderful summer holiday for about 12 weeks on the banks of the Thames. It was great. It was good for me, because I had lots of peace and quiet. I got to drink beer every night and have fantastic curries and things. Well, I got to have curry. I got to do things like put my pyjamas on at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Which I did Because nobody would complain that... Oh, you've put pajamas on, which is what I normally get. Well, they're not exactly erotic, are they? Oh, do you know? Do you know one of the things I have for my birthday? I've had some, and I'm doing air quotes again because I always like doing this. Lounging trousers. These are trousers that I put on when I've, you know, when I've been wearing whatever they're jeans. Harlem pants. No, they're just like when I've been wearing my jeans all day and stuff, and I, you know, want to sort of lounge around, or if we're going to have like a pizza or something. They're already uncomfortable, so I just want to take them off and put something comfortable on. And I will put my pyjama bottoms on sometimes, but you always frown at me. So now I have some lounging trousers, which are similar to a pyjama bottom, but you could technically get away 
if you had to like pop to the shop and buy something without getting changed, you could technically get away no, with it. No, you're never turning into that person. I will divorce you. That's what I got for my birthday. I don't care. You're not wearing them to the shop. You put normal... Cr- new, people who live in silly places do things like that. We're I'm not, one of those people. I went you, to the shop. I, I have this thing where I wear one of Richard's hoodies... And I used to wear it because it had, because he was travelling a lot, and it had his smell, and it was a comfort because it was this big hoodie, and I wore small, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I would like flip the hood up on it, and it was all snuggly and cosy, and it was lovely. But then obviously I did wash it, so it didn't smell of him anymore. And then I kept eating um, takeaway and stuff in it, so it got stained. And I, I will put my hands up and say I have been to the shop in that. I hope you washed it first. Well, I didn't realise till I got back, but I think it probably did have food stains on. Please don't ever turn into that person. I will have that. That that will be grounds for divorce if you ever go out in your pajamas or your slippers. That's it. I'll be gone like a flash. I'll trade you in for a newer model. That'll be it. Gone. Not happening. We're not doing that. We're not those people. If I've, you ever do that, I will divorce you. I'm going to challenge you now to work out which of my trousers are lounging trousers. I don't care which of them are lounging trousers. I'll cut them all up with shearing scissors. Seriously, I've got lounging shorts. Bonus. Well, no, I'm serious. <laughs> I don't wear. know. You haven't shown me, and I haven't. To be honest, I genuinely, if you wear stuff like that, I don't pay any interest whatsoever because I hate it. So I'm just not remotely interested. I'll find something else to do with my three minutes a day that I'll admire what you're wearing. The only time I, I take any interest in what you're wearing is when you're not wearing something. So, you know, hey ho, that's that's life. I'm at that age where that's all I get. Okay. You know, you can wear what you want. As long as you're comfortable, that's great. But just don't wear it out. Okay. If you're out and you're, and you're representing me, wear something nice. This coming from a man who was going to wear a pair of green trousers with, with a predominantly blue... Suit jacket. Suit jacket. Hey-ho. I don't... You know, I'm the boss. I can wear what I want. I would be a bad wife to let you leave the house you just were. like that. You were. You did correct me and make sure that I didn't go out looking challenged. You've been listening to episode 18, the episode we talked about death, where we celebrated a birthday where I was chastised on a regular basis for being... Standard podcast. Standard podcast. This is just how it is. This is married life. A look into the life of a 40-something man and his 36-year-old wife. 36-year-old wife. You're 36 now, love. I'm going to start saying you're, I'm you're heading towards your because 40s. it sounds better. Well, if you want to say that, I'm absolutely happy and dandy for you to do that. Come back next week for episode 19, where hopefully we won't be talking about such morbid, morbid themes. Something exciting. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Remember, you can subscribe via iTunes on your Apple device. If you are an Android user, we recommend using CastBox, available free from the Google Play Store. Find us on Facebook. Search Not Quite the Afterglow.